event, according to most Americans. Just don't expect them to know exactly why Jesus was born and came to earth. There's a new study actually this year that was done by Lifeway Research that finds close to three in four Americans believe Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Even more say Jesus is the Son of God, the Father, but less than half believe Jesus existed prior to being born. Less than half believe that Jesus actually existed prior to his birth. So according to this research study, and this is a study of Christians and non-Christians alike, more than 9 in 10 Americans, 91% celebrate Christmas. For most of those celebrating, Christmas is about a historical occurrence. More than 7 in 10, or 72%, say that Jesus uh, that say the Jesus Christians believe in was born in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago, few, 99%, disagree with that, while 18% aren't really sure. Most Americans, 80%, agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of God the Father, while 10% disagree and 10% aren't sure. The average person isn't quite as sure about the Son of God's existence prior to Jesus' birth. Around 41% say God's son existed before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 32% of Americans disagree with that. And 28% say they're not sure. The religiously unaffiliated are least likely to agree with any of the statements surrounding Jesus' birth. These statistics should help us see the state of our world. Almost half, 48% believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God when it comes to religiously unaffiliated people. A third, 33%, say Jesus was really born in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. Fewer, 15%, believe the Son of God existed before Jesus was born. Among Christians, those who attend church four times a month or more are most likely to believe each of the statements about Jesus and his birth. 98% believe Jesus is the Son of God, the Father. 95% say he was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And 63% agree the Son of God existed before Jesus was born. If you break all these down, church, we have a difficult task to complete. We have a difficult task. And while we argue and bicker within our churches, people are dying and going to hell. And it seems like we have no care in the world for that. We have a difficult task. Are you up to it? Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity we have to look at another name. To look at your identity and what that means for us today. So we ask, God, that you would bless us, that as we study your word this morning, as we look into what we are celebrating this Christmas season, I pray, Lord, that our hearts are changed, that our minds are changed for your glory. May none of us leave this place today the same person that we were when we came in. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Matthew one twenty three. 
We know this passage. We're going to break it down a little bit uh, farther today. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. Today we look at the name of Jesus that many of us recognize. Emmanuel. You know that name. You've seen it spelled with an I, with an E. Basically, it comes down to the Greek and the Hebrew, meaning the same thing. This name only appears three times, twice in the Old Testament and then once in, our, in the New Testament, our passage that we study today. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, Isaiah 8.8, 8, And it will sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck, and its outspread wings will fill the breadth of our land, O Emmanuel. When found in the Old Testament, Emmanuel is associated with prophecy. It's associated with something better. God with us. So when Isaiah speaks of Emmanuel, he's speaking of something and someone to come. And we see it to fruition, this interpretation, in our passage today in Matthew one twenty three. We see it in the birth of a child. But not just any ordinary child like we talked about last week. A child that will change everything and who did change everything. A child whose birth marks all that we know. It changed our whole culture. This child is the Redeemer and the Savior of the world. God with us is very significant when discussing who Jesus is. Very significant. The angel tells Joseph that he is to name the child Emmanuel, God with us. Now let's be clear about something with this name. I do not believe this is the same as saying to someone, God be with you. That's not what this means. When you tell somebody, God bless you, God be with you, this, that's not Emmanuel. This isn't the same for people as, a, as if Joseph and Mary were going around saying that this child is just a blessing. God is with us. He's, he's blessed us. We, we do that with our kids until they get to be a certain age and we're like, oh God, what did you do? But this isn't Mary and Joseph saying, my child is such a blessing, God was with us. That's not what Emmanuel means either. This is who Jesus is. Emmanuel, God with us. This is an identity factor of who this baby is. And if you believe anything else about Jesus, that he was just a man, that he was just a special child, he was just a good teacher, I'm telling you right now, look at me, you're wrong. I don't mince words when it comes to that. Jesus is the Son of God, he is God in the flesh, God with us, and only through Jesus are you going to heaven, period. Jesus is the name by which we are saved. 
and the only name. This Jesus came, God with us. Early on, this was a promise given by God. He was telling them through his prophet Isaiah that there's going to be someone that's going to come and it's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. This is, this is essentially God saying, he's me. And I am he. I am he. We have the Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Distinct, be at the same Godhead. That's what we believe in Christianity. Anything other than that, again, I'm going to say it, you're wrong. We have a triune God. And Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because the disciples are saying, Jesus, just show us a Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus is like, are you serious? You've been with me how long? How many times have I told you? And this is all Dan paraphrase. This is how, if, if I would have been there that day, I think Jesus would have said it. Are you kidding me? When you see me, you see the Father. He prays for his disciples and and. and not as just as the disciples, but for the church as well, you and I. And as he's praying, he says, And Father, make them one, as you and I are one. You see, this Emmanuel is something different. These prophecies in the Old Testament talk about a Savior, and every single one has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That's why he says, I have come to fulfill the law. It is found in Jesus. And I know it may seem that I'm preaching to the choir about this. I mean, crying out loud, 99% of us in this room are, are baptized believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dan, why are we talking about this? Because we forget. Sometimes we live as if we don't believe Emmanuel, God, with us. Our lives show something completely different. So you may be thinking, I already know this stuff. Good for you. That's great. I pray that it is lived out in your life every day. That it is evident in who you are. But don't tune out today. Listen carefully. You see, it's clear to me that in our current culture, Emmanuel is being forgotten. I read to you a bunch of statistics. To some of you, you, you tune out statistics. For me, when I read this stuff, it makes me come alive. And I hate math, but I love statistics. Because it's a good gauge as to what we need to be doing and the job that we have before us. Don't tune out. Because our culture is forgetting Emmanuel, even among Christians. And that's sad. Again, I said last week, and I've said it before in my time here, that of all the people who should be joyous and, and, and contagious in their faith and, and, and uh, compassionate and loving, it should be Christians. But yet our life speaks opposite of that. Christians are some of the biggest jerks in the world. 
and it should not be. We should be the light of life because that light lives in us. Emmanuel, God with us. This message is that God put on flesh to be with us. His created. He put on flesh to dwell with us. Yet, our lives often look like God is so distant when He's right there. This message transcends time, and it is still true today. So let me tell you about Emmanuel. Emmanuel is here today. Right now, Emmanuel is here. My heart has suffered a lot this last couple of years. In the midst of craziness, chaos. And I know there are people here who would agree that their heart has suffered. And I'm reminded every day that this crazy world desperately needs Jesus. Inside the church and outside the church. This world needs Jesus. I would even say that the church, again, desperately needs Jesus. The entire church in many areas are operating on strength of man. And it's starting to show. Within our culture, in the church and outside the church, there is a blatant disregard for Jesus and His Word. Seems as time goes on, this Bible gets less and less relevant within our churches. We look at this Bible as, oh, that's, that's optional. We don't really have to, do we? Well, let me tell you, yes, we do. And if we're not following God's Word, we are following the devil's Word. You can't have God and not have the devil when you aren't having God. That, that's not how that works. You're either serving God or you're serving Satan. There's only two you can serve. So we have to choose. Are we going to follow God's word or are we going to allow Satan to have a foothold and destroy us? One of the problems that we have is that people read about Jesus in biblical times and, and they leave him there. Oh, that's a great story. I have friends I grew up with who did not grow up in Christian homes, but every year at Christmas time, dad would sit down and he would read the Christmas story. They didn't believe, really. It was just a story. It was part of the, the stories they read as kids. And they've kept that tradition in their kids right along with Rudolph and all those other fun stories. We read this stuff and we leave it there. We say, that was great then. And it's no wonder we blame God for everything because we don't actually believe God is here. Well, let me tell you something. Emmanuel is here today. He is here today. Or we read about Jesus ascending into heaven in Acts 1 and we say, oh, that was really cool. Well, that's it. He's gone. No. He is here today. My question for you is, do you actually believe that? 
Do you believe that he is here today? Because if you do, it will change everything about who you are. It will change everything about who you are. If you truly believe that Jesus is here. Let me be clear, church. Jesus was God with us and he still is. John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Here's how Jesus is here today. Notice helper is in cap, capital letters. There's a reason we do that in the Greek because it's a name. Who's this helper? It's the Holy Spirit. To be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Jesus is talking to his disciples, believers in him, saying, You know him. Not everybody does, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is prior to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but Jesus is clear the Holy Spirit's always been. He's around you. The Holy Spirit isn't it. It isn't she. He has always been. And he will be indwelling. And I love what he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus promises, I will not leave you. Yet we live our lives as if Jesus isn't even here. Oh, he ascended into heaven and acts. I already read about that. When we have that attitude, when we leave him there, we miss the point of life. John 10.10 tells us that the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Who's the thief? Satan. But Jesus says, but I have come that you may have what? Life. And depending on what translation you use, he says, have it to the full, have it abundantly, have it everlasting. The point is, Jesus has come to give life. And he's still here giving life. The question is, are you living it? Do you live the life Jesus is giving? Because Emmanuel is here today. He is still who he was. God. He is still today who he was then. God. He has not deserted us. He has chosen to dwell within us. He is still God and is still here. And it's up to us, the church, to show people that he is God and that he is here today. That means, for many of us, we have to repent of the lives we've been living and come back to the life God has asked us to live. Live as if he's here today because he is. And if you're not living that way, it is time to repent. If you're going to stay there, you're going to be miserable the rest of your life. 
You're never going to be happy. You're always going to be complaining. You're never going to have joy because you're leaving Jesus in the Bible when he is here today. You are meant to have life and have it abundantly. So live it. It comes through our lives, our words, our witness and testimony of his goodness and grace that saves. And finally, not only is Emmanuel here today, Emmanuel is here always. Always. The gift of his Holy Spirit is for us until we are with him in eternity. This isn't a give and exchange program. You don't get the gift and wake up one day and say, okay, Jesus, if you just withhold your gift for, I don't know, about the next three or four hours, I'm kind of going on my own today and going to do some stuff. The Holy Spirit is there always. He's your guide. He's the one that's speaking to you as you're looking at a situation and saying, I really shouldn't do that. And the Holy Spirit is saying, you're right, you shouldn't. Run away. Flee. The Holy Spirit is there when you're looking at a situation and saying, that man needs help and I have the means of helping him, but I don't know if I really want to. Find a place in the Bible where it says, hey, by the way, before you give money to somebody, make sure they're not going to buy alcohol and drugs. That's not up for us, is it? We leave it up to God. We're just called to help people. I think we use those things to justify not helping people. Oh, he looks, he looks like he's on crack. I'm not going to aid him any, far, any farther. Who are you to judge that? We are to help in the name of Jesus. Now, by no means, help no one without sharing with them the gospel. If you drop food off to somebody and you say, hey, here's some food, and you drive off without sharing the gospel, I think you missed an opportunity. We've all done it. Share with them why you're helping. Because Jesus is alive. And he's here today and he's here always. You see, we've got to see that the Spirit of God is here. Accept Jesus Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is there. There is no limited time only. The promise is very evident when Jesus says in Matthew 28, 28, 20, that he says, go and baptize. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded. What does he say as he ends? And I am with you always even to the very end of the age. Jesus is the eternal God that guides. He is the eternal God that directs, and he puts people in their path for a reason. It's not a coincidence, the things that you have happen in your life. It's not a coincidence, the people who crossed your path. I believe the Holy Spirit directs those things. I look at those as God-ordained issues or problems or, or conversations, whatever you want to... It's all God-ordained. Now, that doesn't mean God causes bad things to happen. That's sin. That's death. 
But God works for the good of those who love Him, as Romans 8 tells us. God will work it out. Why? Because He's still here. And He never leaves. Emmanuel is here always. Jesus is the eternal God that guides and directs. And those who put their trust and faith in Him will receive His gift of the Spirit that never leaves. I love what John MacArthur said. He said, If we could condense all truths of Christmas into three words, these would be the words, God with us. We tend to focus our attention on, at Christmas on the infancy of Christ. The greater truth of the holiday is His deity, that He is God in flesh. More astonishing than a baby in the manger is the truth that this promised child, this baby, is the omnipotent creator of the heavens and the earth. This baby is God in flesh, Emmanuel. The divine Jesus is God with us always. I love what Revelation 1.17 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. I hope that's my reaction when I come face to face with Jesus. That I just fall at his feet. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not, I am the first and I am the last. Jesus is still here. And he is the last, meaning he will always be here. It begins and it ends with him. He was and is and forever will be Emmanuel, God with us. Max Lucado, one of my favorite authors, wrote, He came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. God tapped humanity on its collective shoulder. Pardon me, he said, and eternity interrupted time. Divinity interrupted carnality, and heaven interrupted the earth in the form of a baby. Christianity was born in one big heavenly interruption. Have you experienced this heavenly interruption? Have you experienced Emmanuel, God with us? Have you forgotten the significance of that name? Does your life look far from Jesus being here now and always? If it does, it's time to repent. It's time to live as if you truly believe that Jesus is here and always will be. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Because God loved us enough to dwell among us, we have life. Because of the manger that leads to the cross, we have life. Yes, this may be a review for you, and that's okay. We all need to be reminded of the gospel, even as Christians. We need this reminder because we don't live it like we should. 
There is a world out there dying without knowing Jesus. That should crush us. There is a world dying without understanding that God is here and that he never leaves. And going back to what I said earlier, but we end up taking up our time arguing and bickering over what I claim is stupidity while people are taking their last breath without the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And you mark my words, church, we will be held accountable as we face Jesus at judgment. Emmanuel is here. Do you believe it? Emmanuel is always here. I challenge you to live that. I challenge you to live in the grace and mercy of Jesus and then go and extend that to the people who need to hear of his saving grace. That to me is what Christmas is about. It's about taking that message, the gift that you've been given, that people don't see as a gift, and sharing with them the greatest gift they could ever have. Do it. Be obedient, because that's what God has called us to do, because he is here and he will always be here. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for all that you are, for never leaving by your spirit, your presence is here. Dwelling within every believer. There is no longer a need for temples and things of that nature because God, you dwell within your people. And collectively, we are the church. So Father, I pray that the church would start acting like your church. And I pray, God, that you would receive all the honor and the glory because you are Emmanuel, God, with us. Help us to know. Help us to know the gift that you've given that is so great that we may go and share this gift with the lost world. Forgive us for not being passionate about who you are. Forgive us for not taking the opportunity to go and to love others in your name, to be your hands and feet. We thank you, Jesus, so much for choosing to use people like us in all of our flaws. We thank you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.